2: It's Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Hope everybody is staying busy or as best they can, listening to music, reading books, watching Netflix, catching up on old TV shows, talking with friends on the phone, doing whatever you can to keep the mind right, keep the mind busy. Hopefully we will be done with this lockdown stay-at-home order at the end of the month. I know a lot of states like Illinois, like where I live, are at least until June 1st. I know about 20 states are in a similar spot as we are, and then other states are opening back up. Hopefully it doesn't create a second wave and more people get sick, and then we've got to do this all over again. That would definitely not be a good thing. Nevertheless, our next guest is a repeat offender. was on the show last year, late last year. He was only 14 when he did the show. Now he's a whopping old 15-year-old. It is my son, Chris. Happy to have you back. What's going on? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Excited to have you back. I know we were talking about doing this a few weeks ago, but here we are, ready to rock and roll. I know the first episode that you came on and did, we talked about Music and how music relates to you. Perspective from a teenager. Yes. Yes, it was raising a rock and roll kid. But you and I have attended a lot of concerts together as you've grown up. From the very first concert when you were five years old with Butch, Walker, and Loxley out in Newport, Kentucky, which was an all-ages show, to shows like Iron Maiden, Metallica, Greta Van Fleet, Tyler Bryant. Foreigner, White Snake, Judas Priest. You've been to your fair share of great shows, and I guess that's what we want to talk about today: is what your reaction was on your first show, and how do you feel whenever you're going to a rock and roll show? When that, when you went to the first show when you were five years old, you were at a soccer game. The soccer game ended on like a Saturday morning at like ten o'clock. You had grown or had a growing interest in Butch Walker because I would always play him in the car every time you were in it. You would sing along to his songs. You really enjoyed his music. So I figured, hey, what the heck? This is an all-ages show out in Ohio, Kentucky, kind of like right on the border there. So packed up the car for a one-night trip and drove down to Kentucky for Butch Walker. It was an all-ages show. The opening band was Loxley, who's from Madison, Wisconsin. So what was that like, walking up to that club, to that theater, whatever you call it, and knowing that you're going to see a rock and roll show? What what did you think it was going to be like?
0: Well, I didn't really remember that much because, you know, I was five years old. But what I do remember is I remember holding your hand and walking into the venue because I was a little scared. I don't know what to expect. But the first thing I did when I walked in there is I looked up and I looked at the tall ceiling and I looked side to side, saw the different, the, the whole variety of people, the whole variety of crowds, women, uh, older children, men, you know, just all bonding, all having, having a good time
2: together and getting ready to experience the show do you remember walking up and having the butch walker drummer introduce himself i think it was darren dodd at the time and as we walked in we were kind of waiting in line as they kind of pat you down or make sure you don't have anything on you that you shouldn't have and he was kind of sitting outside the venue and he came up to you and he was like hey how old are you and you were like i'm five do you remember that I do remember having
0: a conversation with him, but I do not remember the context. Again, I was five years old. <laughs> so I just remember him being a nice guy, totally accepting of a five-year-old coming to a concert. Looking back at it, it was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, he said to me, he's like, oh, Butch is going to love that he's here. He's, uh, he's going to get a big kick out of it. And sure enough, he did. The first act or the first band that you actually did see was Loxley, who you really connected with. And for those that don't know who Loxley is, they have a song called The Whip, which is a very popular song. It was part of the American Family Insurance commercial. They also, I think, if, for those out in Columbus or the Ohio oh, yeah. area who've... Columbus been, Blue Jackets. Yeah, it's their goal song. song. Um, so they had some some decent success with the song. I'm sure they made a heck of a lot of money with commercials and whatever they did with it. But they were kind of a Beatles-esque with a little bit of a Weezer's Edge to them, and you immediately enjoyed them. You you really liked them.
0: Well, I mean, as a 5-year-old, seeing their Whip music video for their hit song with the paint going around and everyone jumping and, you know, guitars smashing, banging on the drums, I was like, wow, this is really cool. I can't wait to see them live.
2: Yeah, that is a very fun video. I mean, for someone... I mean, five I, years old, I would get, totally see how that would resonate with them. I still get excited
0: like I'm five years old when I still see that music video. So,
2: Well, that was one of the first things that you saw, so that's always going to have a connection with you, just like when I hear Don't Stop Believin' by Journey or if I hear "Running with the Devil by Van Halen. I mean, that takes me back to when I was six, seven years old, and yeah, it's never left me. That, that, that enjoyment with those songs or for those songs has never left me. So Loxy came on and then there was a break between the show. You went and started hanging out with them at the merch table. They got a big kick out of it. They signed a poster. They gave you a drumstick. You were all set. I just wanted to know if they had pain or not. So (laughs) well, yeah, that was I don't know if they're still active. I know you recently told me they released an album beginning of two thousand nineteen. I don't remember ever listening to it. I need to check it out. But I hope they still are because they're a really good band. They're a lot of fun. Like I said, If you like the Beatles, if you like a little bit of that Weezer edge to the Beatles type of music, uh, I think you'll like Loxy a lot.
0: I mean, I really enjoy them. I like their singer. I like, I like all their band members because uh, it's simple, right? It's not nothing really too, too hard to, to obtain. It's not really hard to listen to. It's just easy. It's for everyone. You know, everyone could really listen to them. Everyone could really enjoy them. It may not give the same experience, but I'd say you would enjoy listening to Loxley.
2: Yeah, I would say that's a a correct way to describe them. They're pretty simple. They're, you know, they're a lot of fun. Simple
0: but uh, effective.
2: Absolutely. So then Butch comes on. Butch starts usually with three piano songs, or he did back in that period. I know he did that during the Sycamore Meadows tour, and this was the I Liked You Better When You Had No Heart tour. This was before The Spade. So She Likes Hairbands" was a popular song off the album. Trash Day was a big song off the album. That album in general was just a great record and Sycamore Meadows. Those are like two of my favorite records by Bush. But he came on the stage and he sat down in front of the piano getting ready to play. And he looked at you, you and him like locked eyes, and he just... Smirked and he said, I need to be on my best behavior tonight, don't I? And everybody laughed, and you were like, Butch Walker, you're the best singer ever. And he was like, thank you, man, thank you. And he's like, you're awesome, you rock. And you were saying all that stuff throughout the show, and everybody was getting a big kick out of it. So he did the the three piano songs, and then he did the acoustic song of Going Back, Going Home, which is one of my favorite songs by him. And then the rest of the band came out. I'm not sure, I don't remember what they opened up with, but... They all saw you. They got a big kick out of you, and it was great because you were on my shoulders, and you were having a good time, and you were singing along. You knew all the words. For a 5-year-old, that's pretty impressive. I wish that I could go back in time
0: and go back to that concert and experience experience it as an older person because I think I totally get a different point of view of how they played back then. But I don't think you were you would be able to hold me on your shoulders like you did when I was five. No. So yeah,
2: uh, yeah, you're six feet tall, and yeah, I would, I would, I would be in a lot of pain doing that. <laughs> a
0: few broken bones. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Man. Yeah, and a lot of sore muscles. Maybe, maybe
0: but. a more few.
2: But it was a good time, and you got to experience live music. What was really cool was after the show, as the crowd was kind of dispersing someone grabbed us i don't know if it was like the manager or one of his techs and they said hey come backstage come backstage butch wants you guys backstage so we walked backstage and it was basically outside because it was that kind of venue and there was the tour bus and everything and there was about maybe 10 to a dozen people out there with us and people started coming out there and and the crowd was growing and the band would come out and they all went for you like right away like whether it was Chris Unk or Darren Dodd or Frank Capitanelli, forget who the keyboard player was on that tour but they all went up to you they all asked how you enjoyed the show they were having conversations with you and you were like the most popular figure out of everybody in there I mean you're a five-year-old kid and, and everybody was like oh man yeah way to rock out and jam and everything and and then Butch came off the bus and everybody of course went for Butch and there was a big crowd around Butch Walker and he really didn't have any interest in talking with anybody at that moment. He just yelled out, "Where's the kid?" So the crowd parted like the Red Sea. There you were. He walked up to you. I was kind of standing on the side of you and he just picked you up like you were like he was your dad, like you were his kid and he brought you to the other end of the bus and he sat you down and he's like hey man did you enjoy the show and he's like you're like yeah and you were you guys were talking and you know, I explained to him this was his first concert and he was like oh that's so cool and you know what's your favorite song and you were like she likes hair bands and a couple other songs at that time that I think you liked and and then you started asking him questions like are you friends with Pete Yorn are you friends with Jesse Malin who those who, have, who are listening who are not familiar those are both singer-songwriters Pete Yorn, obviously, with the album Music for the Morning After. Jesse Malin, of course, was in D Generation prior to his solo work. Uh, he, I think he owns the Browery out in New York now, but Butch produced a song or two with Pete, his work with Jesse on a couple of projects. Um, I know he's performed with Jesse a few times. So he knew those guys, and of course, he's like, Yeah, man, those guys are my buds. And you know, the conversation went on for a few more minutes. We took a picture. I think he signed a CD or a poster, yeah, yeah. and then uh, that was it, and then we went back to the hotel, but you were excited and happy, but like you you just said, you'd like to go back in time and appreciate it. I don't know if you fully understood what Mm -hmm. just occurred. I mean, you know, one of the biggest music producers of all time and one of the greatest singer-songwriters of this generation, you just had a five-minute, ten-minute conversation with, and he was happy to see you
0: yeah I mean, he was a pretty nice guy. I think he didn't really see a lot of younger kids my age coming to his concerts a lot, so I think he really appreciated that and not just not just me being there but knowing all the words and dancing and and yelling out his name. I think that really got a hold of his heart a bit and make him appreciate his fans a little bit more.
2: Well, I appreciate you appreciate the fact that there was a five year old kid out in the crowd, yelling, "Butch Walker, you're the greatest singer ever!" And you know, and it was, it was great. And, and the fact that you were also singing along to a few of the songs, you know, I think he realized that you were not just brought there by your old man. You actually liked his music, which I think he really appreciated. Yeah. So fast forward six, seven years later, I get tickets to see Iron Maiden. And I take you with me, Ghost is the opener. This is on the book of Souls tour, so I think you were about twelve years old eleven was it eleven or twelve? I was going into seventh grade, or you I were think
0: yeah i was I was going into seventh grade because I remember um the uh I'm a big fan of hockey. I mean, I play hockey, and I remember that I've heard square hammer their their hit song was a part of the uh NHL 18 soundtrack. So I listened to the soundtrack and I was like this song Square Hammer it sounds pretty good. I'm going to I'm going to listen to this band. And it turns out I liked them and they were pretty good and they happened to be opening up for Iron Maiden and it was like, it was a match made in heaven. It was almost perfect.
2: Well, they had a I think they still do. They they're very Image-oriented and mysterious. And I think, what, what do they call the members of the band? Ghouls. Ghouls. And they've got the high priest. Yeah. You know, and it's it was very interesting. I never experienced anything like that. It was like a mix between like a Kiss, Alice Cooper, King Diamond type of show. It was very interesting. Different. They were really good. They're different. Um, In fact, I think they're even playing their last album that came out in 2018, was an arena tour for them so they were playing small basketball arenas across and I anticipate them to release something shortly I know obviously 2020 some bands have put their releases on hold because of COVID-19 so we'll see if they do in fact release anything later this year early part of next year but that was an interesting show because it was at the Hollywood uh, Casino Amphitheater which is in Tinley Park Illinois it's about Forty minutes outside of Chicago and it was a great crowd we got there we went to dinner first and when we were eating dinner at the restaurant which is not too far from the show there was a bunch of people in maiden shirts and I think you were kind of awed by that because everybody had like their gear on and we got to the show we got into the event and you wanted to get a t-shirt so you got your iron maiden shirt I wanted to get a ghost t-shirt
0: But I know my mother wouldn't like that. Yeah, because the
2: whole thing with the upside-down cross and everything, I don't know if that would have went over very well.
0: I wouldn't see that shirt ever again. Yeah,
2: well, (laughs) we haven't seen the Iron Maiden shirt either. so
0: um, That's a
2: different story for a different time. But it was amazing because I hadn't seen Maiden since 98. So, you know, this is probably, you know, 19 years, you know, it's not 19, 17 years later i'm seeing maiden on the book of souls tour and they were extremely loud you know ghost put on a great show they were really entertaining but maiden came out and it was like holy cow they're loud and i and i kind of remember that but i kind of forgot at the same time and they put on a great show the typical maiden show eddie was on stage they had you know the imagery in the background bruce dickinson sounded great the band sounded great there was the mosh pit uh the crowd was electric and, of course, walking out of there, I couldn't hear a damn thing.
0: Yeah, same thing with me, but I got to see more of a variety, more of a different crowd than the Butch Walker concert. And, you know, I was getting a little more into that music genre with the uh, heavy metal, as if you'd call it. But regardless, they 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 played a phenomenal show, no matter what their age was i mean how old are they 60 yeah they're in yeah, they're their getting 60s up there. yeah they put up a pretty good show for yeah. their age and i was i was blown away cuz i didn't think that they were gonna they were gonna do that great of a job but holy cow
2: yeah no it was a phenomenal show It was typical iron maiden they do they sound great bruce dickinson can still hit the notes that he needs to hit um yeah just a phenomenal show it was loud and then the week after that we go to Metallica. Metallica. Yeah. And I think my ears were still recovering after mm-hmm. the Maiden show because it didn't sound as loud as Maiden, but you claim that it was. Yeah, I, I think it was pretty loud. I mean it was
0: at Soldier Field, so they had bigger speakers and bigger Production. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember I, I could I could see the shape, the outline of their bodies, you know. Kirk Hammett's long gray hair uh, blowing in the wind, and I just saw their outline because, you know, we weren't that close from them. So Yeah,
2: I mean, on paper it looks like we had good seats because it was at a football stadium, Soldier Field, where the Bears play, and they were on the other end zone, and we were in the seats outside next to the other end zone. So I'm like, yeah, these are going to be pretty good. And you forget how long a football field is. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching. I'm like, yeah, these are all right seats, but you could, you know, you could see them a little bit. They look like ants, and we were basically watching big TV screens. And they had the mosh pit in front. They had the general admission that you could go down if you wanted to go down there and do it. But you know, like the Iron Maiden show, the crowd was a little rowdier than the Butch Walker show. I mean, a lot more drinking, a lot more craziness. I mean, both shows. You know, we had pot smoke being blown in our faces and it is what it is. It's a rock and roll show, but I didn't really make a big deal out of it because I didn't want you to think it was that big of a deal, but, you know, it was just a, it was a typical metal show. I mean, Metallica one week, you know, Iron Maiden prior, both shows, I mean, both at bigger places. I mean, Hollywood Casino, obviously, I think it's 18,000 people or 20,000 people around that where Soldier Field is like 60-something, and you could see the a mountain of people like all the way up yeah. to like the high I mean that was really kind of cool too but yeah I don't know if I'll do another big show I think that was the last one for me um, just because I don't want to pay all that money to watch screens I agree with you
0: you know with the big with the bigger concerts and the bigger shows depending on where you are when you're viewing the concert you're going to have a different experience than say the guy at the other end of the football field. So, you know, some people may like the big shows because they like the, they like it loud. They like it big and, you know, good for them. But in my case, I don't think I'm really going to go to another stadium concert again, unless it's a band I enjoy or a festival.
2: Well, we had plans to go to the Motley Crue show this summer. Obviously it's only a matter of days before that gets canceled kind of just a formality now and that's at Wrigley Field which I hear the sight lines are not the best I mean it's a baseball stadium it wasn't made to see concerts at but you know that's a band that has kind of had a resurgence since the movie The Dirt which I think by now you've probably seen a few times yeah more than a few sure sure so that's an interesting band because that's if you read the articles like Forbes magazine which is a and a, a magazine based on financial advice and financial articles that people read for investing. They had an interesting article online about Motley Crue, how the demographic changed from 35 to 50 people who are streaming their music and buying their music to now mm-hmm. like 18 to 31. So that movie, the dirt had such an impact on changing their audience and bringing in a younger audience and you know you and your friends have seen the movie several times and obviously it's a very talked about movie has that grown the interest with the band Motley Crue with you and your friends definitely
0: and I think I could say I could say this as representing the teens or the youth I think the majority of kids or teens whatever you want to call them i think they know of motley Crue. i think they know a few songs they they may or may not have seen the movie but the dirt really really skyrocketed their their album sales i think it was
2: number one on the apple store i you're probably right At At that yeah, point, i know the song the dirt was really popular
0: yeah you know if you just go up to someone random my age and i ask them hey you know motley Crue? you ever heard of them They'd say, yeah, I know him. I know a few songs. So I think that movie was really important to music history because it was different. It was a little obscene. It was out there. Well, I mean, I
2: lived through that whole generation. So I remember when that band was doing all those things that were in the movie. I remember, you know, the car accident with Vince Neil. I remember him going to court. I remember reading Circus Magazine or Hipparator, that were big magazines back at the time. Covering that story, which was a tremendous story, I remember when Nikki Six died and was brought back Mm -hmm. to life. I remember all that going through or going on while I was a young kid. What's really interesting is because you mentioned on the previous podcast of how kids your age are more inclined to listen to hip hop because hip hop has that that. Obscene. Well, I don't know if it, I would call yeah. it obscene, but I would just say it, it has the the parents saying no to it. Just like when we were young kids, we had our parents saying no to Ozzy Osbourne, no to Motley Crue, no to Iron Maiden, no to Kiss, no to all these bands because of the subject matter of the songs or the album covers that they had. So, whenever you tell a kid that you they can't have something or they can't watch something, they make it a project. a mission to listen to it or go see it and off
0: as much as possible
2: well hence when I said that you couldn't watch the dirt because you were too young you were I knew I watched (laughs) it the week later I knew you were eventually going to watch it but you know watching that movie with your old man I mean you know I I don't know if I, I would jive with that but I knew sooner or later being the age you were I mean you were 14 when that movie came out you know, you were in eighth grade. I remember being eighth grade myself, so I figured at some point you and your friends were were going to watch it. Now, how that correlates to the stadium tour is I don't think Motley Crue would have been able to do a tour like that without that movie because I think that movie gave them a resurgence in popularity, especially with people your age and a little bit older, which is what you want in a band or, or you know, a band wants that demographic because that's the demographic that's going to grow and continue to see you as they get into their 30s, 40s, and 50s?
0: Well, I mean, some of the actors in the dirt, like Machine Gun Kelly, I'm pretty sure a lot of you have heard of him. He's a big rapper, big-time producer of rap. And he was phenomenal in the movie. He played Tommy Lee pretty well. And I think that drew a lot of attention because the youth the youth are... The youth are more into hip hop now than rock, so they saw, oh, Machine Gun Kelly's in this movie with in the '80s with, uh, with uh, quote unquote burnouts and all these other guys in partying and such. So I think that kind of attracted more, more people to watch the Dirt. And, I agree. And uh, I think that if you put out more movies with older bands, I think it's gonna have a massive resurgence, like with the Dirt because you're going to have all these youth and young people coming in, listening to that music and experiencing what you guys experienced when you were kids or
2: on the lines of it. Well, you saw The Dirt and you saw Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. What was the impact or, you know, compare those two movies and and how you watched them and, and how you enjoyed them?
0: First of all, with Bohemian Rhapsody... It really wasn't mainly focused on the music as much as the Motley Crue music. The Motley Crue movie was well. You had with Freddie Mercury, you know, struggling with drugs in that period of time, and you know, coming back is it's really about the personal lives of Queen right. more than the the music, I'd say. But with Motley Crue, it's just a bang, and it's just the music and the the drugs and the partying all put in one thing together, and I think that's really what put the dirt over *Bohemian Rhapsody*. Was all that fast-paced action, partying, loud music. Well, the, yeah, in that the that mo- was,
2: the movie, yeah. *The Dirt* is like a sprint. Yeah. I mean, when you hit play on Netflix and you watch that movie, and that movie's done, you know, an hour and twenty minutes later, an hour and a half later. You know, it's like, wow, that was, that flew by. And a lot of it's because the music is very heavily in- included in the storyline. And I think it was with Queen, but I think Queen, like you said, focused more on the, the life I of Freddie to. Mercury, accepting who he was and becoming who he was. You know, back in that time of the late 70s and the 80s, you know, it was not, being gay was not accepted in society. And that's why the term the closet came to be because people stayed in the closet, so to speak. They stayed hidden with who they really were because the acceptance socially was just not what it is today. And they would get ridiculed. And I think even some, I think think even the UK, you could be put in jail for being gay at that time. So it was a little different atmosphere than it was today. But I just know that When we had that conversation and you mentioned why kids listen to hip-hop because their parents don't want them to and they don't listen to rock because it's what their father listened to or their mother listened to, then you have this movie, The Dirt, come out, which gives this image, this controversial image, this image that is crazy and larger than life. And I think if rock and roll had more of that, do you think you and your friends would be more inclined to listen to rock music.
0: 100% I feel that if rock artists were as crazy as hip-hop artists with the act they put on and I I would say that rock would be more popular than hip hop because hip-hop it's just really about the rapper right It's really about the one guy it's, it's about not, the lifestyle. It's not yeah? really it's not really about the, the person who makes the makes the soundtracks or builds the beats. It's really just about the rapper. But with rock, you got the drummer, you got the bassist, you got the guitarist, you got you have the lead singer, and I think if all of the band members were almost as crazy or even more crazy than how uh, rappers act, I think you know ra- rock could really go somewhere here in the next few years.
2: Yeah, and I don't think you need to include the drug use in it. I mean, the drug use that was shown in the movie The Dirt, you know, was an extension of a lot of pain felt by those guys, you know, whether it was Vince Neil losing his friend in that car crash that he was the driver of the car or losing his daughter, Nikki, with his childhood. And, you know, the, the anger that he had inside, you know, led him towards the heroin use and, 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 you know, escaping through that Of course, Tommy Lee, you know, the stories with him and what he went through and all the, you know, the, you know, with divorces and relationships you know, all those guys have that pain that sometimes leads to the drug use, and when they're already crazy, when they're already the Motley Crew, the name fits them perfectly. The drugs just amplifies, amplifies things. it, yeah, and, and, and enhances it, and then just there is no boundary anymore. Not to say that there was; the boundaries were very thin with Motley Crew, but I still think a rock star could exist in this era without the drugs, without that you know the needle in the arm or, or or whatever i just think that rock stars today are afraid to be controversial afraid to say anything afraid to you know act a certain way but i just don't see the hip-hop artist caring or or, or running away from controversy i think they embrace it so why can't rock stars do that why can't a singer do that or a guitar player do that i just think the rock music coming out today is so good I think one of the missing elements Is just that larger than life personality
0: I don't know if it's for everyone But at least for me I I try to open myself To as many music genres As possible I can go from listening to country To hip hop To rock You know I just try to embrace it all Try to figure out which one I like the most And as I look through them, each, as I look through each artist, they have their own different lifestyle and, uh, and their different way of how they get their music out there, how, how they attract different people. And I think hip-hop right now, it's spot-on bullseye, what they're doing. They're all colorful. It's all out there, all obscene. And I think youth is the main demographic for music. So when when they see a hip-hopper swear on live TV or yell or wear or or dye their hair bright pink or bright purple, they're going to be like I like that. I'm going to I'm going to go listen to that.
2: Well, it's it's just the, you know, it's it's the angst of youth, right? I mean, you're seeing someone who's being rebellious, you're seeing someone who's going against authority being a non-conformist, and that resonates with the younger generation you know the younger generation doesn't have any responsibility they don't have any kids they don't have any bills they they just want to have a good time right they just want to hang out with their friends and when they see something that their parents don't want them to see or their parents tell them to turn it off it adds intrigue it adds a mysterious element to why does my mom why does my dad not want me to watch that I mean if I didn't make a big deal out of the dirt, you know. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to watch this movie. Oh, but you can't watch it. You probably wouldn't have had any interest in it. But the element of doing something that you're not supposed to do, and seeing people that do things that you know are not what you're supposed to do, like in the movie The Dirt, it just adds to you want more as a kid. You want, to, you know. I remember, you know, buying albums because the album covers were like Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast, or Shout the Devil by Motley Crue with the pentagram. You know, that's what I wanted. I was a Catholic school kid. Of course, I wanted everything that would go against that. So I get it. And with Motley Crue having the stadium tour and doing that, it's, it's not surprising that kids want to go see them in concert, that kids are familiar with them. I mean, if you, if you ask your friends who they know more of, Motley Crue or Van Halen, who do you think they would say? Motley Crue. One hundred percent. I mean, it's obvious. Look at what Van Halen's done over the last twenty, twenty-five years. They've released one album. They've have they have not toured. Their music is not in commercials. They're they're not talked about. There's not a buzz about them. They they're becoming irrelevant. And as much as Dave Lee Roth has got this thing on life support system and trying to pump out stuff and doing a show in in Vegas, being now on the Kiss tour, it's tough because. Eddie and Alex, I mean, I know Eddie is sick, and, you know, hopefully he stays hopefully he gets uh, better. stays healthy and gets better. And But I just think that they just don't have any interest in, I don't know, they, it doesn't seem like they have any interest in their legacy, where I think, you know, Nikki Six, especially with Motley Crue is finding ways to prolong it and keep it going. But
0: another thing as well with Motley Crue and the dirt is that as young boys – we look up to our musical artists by how crazy they are, how, how out there, how funny they are. And like with me, I really, I really think Tommy Lee is, is a hilarious dude. He's funny. And that's what really made me like the dirt was how he acted in, in the, when he was younger. Cause he was just hysterical laughing at most, most of the time, when he said a line, I was cracking up, dying laughing because I was like, "Holy cow, this guy's funny!" And I think that's what Rock needs right now. I think they need a guy that's funny, that's out there, that says things without thinking about it. Well, not 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 that, but just you know, being a being a young adult, being a rock yeah, star. Yeah,
2: you know, I I think that's what I I'm saying Talks that to Tommy Lee. You know, I I think there's certain. Artists and new bands—they have the ability to do that, but I just think for whatever reason, they're afraid to because they're afraid to upset half their audience. They're afraid to say something offensive. I tend to believe that any news is good news, and if there's protesters at their show, they're doing something right.
0: Not everyone's gonna like them,
2: not, and not everyone should. Right? You shouldn't have to be. You shouldn't be put in a place as a, a rock musician hoping that everyone's gonna like yeah. you. So after Metallica, we went and saw, was it Diamond Head? Johnny Lang. Johnny Lang, that's right, yeah. I had a friend that couldn't go at the last moment. I decided to take you, and he's more blues than rock. I originally saw Johnny Lang open up for Aerosmith at Alpine Valley, which was a venue up in Wisconsin that used to have shows and trying to remember if if they still have stuff. I don't think they do, but... I saw Aerosmith and Johnny Lang. Johnny Lang, I think, was 17 or 18 years old at the time. and He was on stage in front of 40,000 people, 50,000 people. It was a great show. And that was the first time I saw him since that show. I've always loved Johnny Lang and his music, but you got a chance to experience it, and I think you enjoyed it. I think, of course, growing up at that time or your age at that time, you were more into the metal, into the hard rock.
0: Right. And my music taste has changed in the last... I don't know, a few months to a year. And it'll keep changing. Right now, I'm really enjoying the blues rock, like the Black Keys, the White Stripes, and just, you know, modern blues rock. And I think if I saw Johnny Ling today, I would enjoy his concert 1,000 times more than I did.
2: Yeah, I agree. You know, you're 15 years old, so your tastes are going to continue to change... Throughout your through college, through your twenties, through wherever you go, and then you're kinda gonna settle in, but you're always gonna go back to the music that you liked in your formative years, your junior high, your high school years. And not to say that you're not gonna you know, you're gonna stop listening to the stuff that you discover in your twenties, but your tastes are gonna go through a lot of changes, as did I. I mean, I always maintained rock music as my roots, as my core, and then everything else outside of that. You know, was nice, and I enjoy it, and I appreciate it, but I always go back to that rock music. But Johnny Lang was a fantastic show, and then after that, who was who was Blackville that?
0: Blackville Brides and Asking Alexander.
2: Yeah, but that was your show. You wanted to go see them. I had no idea Blackville Brides or Asking Alexander.
0: I've heard Blackville Brides, um, like I said before, because I'm very invested into sports and hockey, and one of Blackville Brides' songs – actually was in the end was in one of the NHL 14 soundtracks so I really that's where I really that was basically my first one of my first metal songs I've ever heard was playing video games on the PlayStation there so I've then a few years later well you my, got to well, yeah yeah my, a few years later my friend uh from my old school really introduced me to Blackfield Brides and that's that's where it took off. That's where my heavy metal phase really went off there, and I got into bands like Asking Alexandria, Crown the Empire, you know, all those guys. I really still appreciate that. Is Did Asking Alexandria yes. or Asking Alexandria? You could say it both ways.
2: Well, I went to that show with you, and that was at a smaller theater. It was at the Riviera Theater downtown Chicago. So it was much different vibe than Soldier Field or, the, you know, the hollywood amphitheater
0: and the thing is what that concert is there was no middle-aged 50-year-olds there's no i i think you were the only one there with gray hair if i'm rem- remembering Probably right. exactly Probably right and i just remember all kids my age were there and i liked it it was a pretty good concert i mean i like i like asking alexandria i like black brides Asking Alexandria really does a great job of releasing music from when they formed. I mean, they've they've put out many albums since their "Stand Up and Scream" album when they first first came into the music industry. So I really give them props to putting out albums like it's like it's nothing. I think they really do a great job of that.
2: Yeah, it's not really my taste. I mean, I do like Black Veil Brides. Probably more than asking Alexandria, but because I think you know, Andy Biersack mm-hmm. um, has a much better voice. Oh yeah, and I don't really like the screaming. I don't. I well, don't really get the into the thing
0: that. is with asking Alexandria. They don't. They they just released a few. They released a few songs on their uh, EP, and I don't think any none of them have screaming in them. So. I think that was really different. I do enjoy this EP. It's called Down the Hell. I recommend it. It's it's heavy. Is that their latest one? Yeah, there's not a lot of screaming in there. It's just it's just, you know, it's it's a
2: heavy metal EP, you know?
0: It's not like screaming, so No. I, I, I suggest you guys check that out.
2: Now I think after that was when we saw Diamond Head. Mm-hmm. And that was at the Forge, which is in Joliet, Illinois, which is about forty five, fifty minutes outside of Chicago and it was a small venue, probably the smallest.
0: The Forge, that's my favorite place to go see. a
2: concert. It's a great place to go see. It's just too damn far away. But it was probably the smallest venue that we had seen a show at. I mean, Butch Walker, I mean, that place was bigger than this. The Forge is, is a pretty small club, but it's a really kick-ass club. I,
0: it can only hold, like, 300,
2: 400 yeah, people. Yeah, I would say 300 max, yeah, 250, right. 300. So we got there. And, and there's like nobody there's there. There's like fifty people there. And you were like, Oh, this is gonna be bad. There's only fifty people here. I'm like, no, this is gonna be great because we're gonna be right up front and we're gonna see a great show. And that's when you got introduced to the band Erico, who became one of your favorite bands. Yep. Um, and they've been on the new music spotlight here with the hook rocks. Great one of the guys. very yeah, awesome very guys Very
0: nice. One of probably the nicest musical artists I've ever met. For a small band like that, it just means a lot to me how nice they are to their fans. And I think that's going to go a long way as they get more popular. So I'm a big fan.
2: Yeah, it's a band I'm definitely rooting for because I like that old school metal type of sound. Like Armored Saint and Priest and those really you know driving riffs. Like it sounds like a locomotive. I really like that kind of stuff. I love everything about the band i'm i'm really rooting for them i know when we spoke back in late summer early fall i believe it was you know i think their plan was just a tour this year obviously that's difficult right now and it's going to be difficult when everything does open up so maybe that means that they're working on new material
0: well they just released an album this past fall so 2019 yeah,
2: yeah. so We'll see what happens with them. So I would really love to
0: I do look forward to seeing them again again in, in person. Yeah, they so.
2: had it they had a gig I think in um Arlington Heights they no it yeah, was it, it was and... at um the place in Dundee called the Rock House mm-hmm. and it was an all ages show. You haven't been there yet, but um I was gonna take you to go see that, but I don't think that's gonna happen because of COVID nineteen. But there will be then, another day. Yeah. And then Diamond Head came out and put on an amazing show and that was really cool about them is they really interacted with their fans afterwards they were signing autographs you got a picture with brian tatler and that was that was awesome that was great
0: The thing uh the reason why i like that venue so much the forge is because whenever whenever i go back i just go immediately for that stage because you could really it it it's truly something to see in person. I mean, there's not a lot of words to explain it because there's so much space in there for a small, for a small venue. I mean, you can see the guy. You're like almost face-to-face, like three or, four feet of, three or four feet apart from each other. So that's why I really like that venue. And, you know, I look forward to see other bands in there. Well, we also, saw Tyler yeah, Bryant. Tyler Bryant.
2: And then you got to meet him at the he show. Was a, he was
0: a nice guy.
2: Yeah, he was awesome. He gave you the picks. He asked you if you played guitar. You said, yeah, and he reached in his pocket. He gave you, like, what? I still have th- that pick. Yeah. So that was cool. He put on a great show. Blackstone Cherry was the um, headliner, which we didn't stay because it was a school night and we had to get home. But I've been there for a few other shows as well. We also saw Rival Sons at the House of Blues, which is kind of similar setup where the stage is right there and you're pretty on top of, yeah. of the artists. And they put on an amazing show. Rival Sons was absolutely incredible and then one of your favorite bands too as well, The which, Sheepdogs. The Sheepdogs. Yeah, you like them and they put on an awesome show. Um What has been your favorite concert?
0: Well, there's a lot of them, but I'm just going to go I'm going to go with the one that sticks out the most to me, the one that I enjoyed the most was the Ranketeers concert. That was the a perfect mix between A good time, a good experience, and spot-on music. It was awesome. I mean, Jack White is probably my favorite guitar player in the last 20 years. I think he's the leading guy out there when it comes to guitars. I don't think really anyone touches him. That's just my opinion, though. Richie Consent.
2: Jack White. (laughs) So, um,
0: big shout-out to Jack White. Amazing guitar player. You had Brendan Benson who's got a great voice. He's good at songwriting. And you know, it's just a blues rock band. It's more so rock and alternative than blues, but I mean Yeah. Every I remember every song had the same energy, people yelling, people screaming, people. Well, I did say to you to I songs. did say
2: to you when that show was over, I'm like that's how it's done. The way they came out on stage and just elevated the performance and the energy that came out. Of that stage was incredible, yeah. absolutely incredible,
0: and it was so freaking hot. Oh in there. god, it was it was ridiculous. It was hot. It, was, it was like a sauna.
2: It's one. It was at the rave in Wisconsin, and the rave is like in one of these I, old yeah. theaters that has really bad ventilation and no AC.
0: But the view is perfect.
2: Yeah, the view is awesome, and they don't have well. The rank of tears at least did not allow cell phones during the show. You had to put your cell phone in a in a Pouch and lock it up, which I thought really enhanced the experience because you're not distracted, you're living in the moment, and like I said, man, it was there was just a lot of energy from that show.
0: Yeah, but I do wish I had my phone with me because that's by far my favorite concert, and I wish I got to record a little little part of that. But yeah. you know what? Do what are you gonna do?
2: What are you gonna do? It's gotta follow it away in the memory bank. What about uh, Greta Van Fleet? I know you enjoyed that.
0: Greta Van Fleet, one of my more favorite bands they were awesome i mean the they were they were still young when we saw them what was it like well, 3 years ago 2 3 two years? Yeah. two and a half years ago they were young they really wo- they really wasn't they really weren't experienced with live shows that much as they are now so i don't think the
2: experience was as great and not as good as the i think Rankateers. it's a year and a half ago actually i don't think it's that two and a half i think it's probably a year and a half I'm just think well, about that
0: well they have they haven't they didn't really have the same energy as the ranketeers but it was still good i mean the music was spot on
2: well you really enjoyed yourself yeah. i mean i thought there was a lot of energy i thought they had a really good well, I mean, you know, yeah
0: i like I, I i liked it a lot but not as the same level as sure, the ranketeers sure.
2: i um, thought Jake Kiska, the guitar player, yeah. was just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and I thought, you, can, you know, I thought very, they really very re-
0: underrated, very similar to um, Jimmy Page. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of comparisons with Led Zeppelin and Greta Van Fleet. How do you feel about those comparisons? I hate them. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna say that now. Why? Just, just just listen to the music. Come on, you don't gotta be comparing. You don't gotta be throwing the copy word out there because Led Zeppelin copied a lot of songs the song babe i'm going to leave you that's i don't think that's any anywhere near original that mo- one like 90% of that song is basically stolen and you know i just don't understand why people are like, oh Creedence of they stole from Led Zeppelin stole from Led Zeppelin well no if you listen to them more and if you listen to them more and appreciate them a little bit more you you start to see that they're kind of their own band they sound a little little bit different well, there's from a, when they there, started there's out.
2: there's a definite Zeppelin influence there yeah. and well, I think there's
0: there's like that with a lot of bands out sure
2: there.
0: I mean Led Zeppelin I, I, is basically the king it's the the worshiper when it comes to music I mean everyone looks up to Led Zeppelin they set the example they did in the 70s you know bands still follow on that they really yeah they, they yeah take a lot of roots from Led Zeppelin
2: I just think I think when asked about the influences for zeppelin i think greta van fleet should embrace it instead of try to avoid it and run away with it or run away from it but i think they're a great band i mean i've seen them now three times in concert i've seen them twice once once I've seen them once okay and i thought they sound exactly like the album i think this idea that they're they're a poor live band is couldn't be farther from the truth i think they're great um so i enjoyed the show i i went It was when they played Chicago three nights. I went to two of those shows, and then I saw them in Lincoln Hall, which is a small 200 people, 250 people um, capacity, which is also where I saw Tyler Bryant and Temperance Movement and also Samantha Fish. But, yeah, I thought Greta Van Fleet put on a great show. Mm -hmm. What about when you saw Priest last summer?
0: Well, you were not there. Yeah,
2: I was in the hospital.
0: Yeah, but I liked that concert because – I really I really saw that priest was doing what their fans wanted and I think that's another problem with rock but we're not going to get into that right now. They really they really care about their fans and they they didn't really play any of their hits in that concert.
2: They played a couple but no, they they really they, focused on their deep cuts on that semi, show. semi
0: their semi popular songs were played and I think I looked left to right, and I saw people, like, rocking out and, you know, just taking them back to when they were 13, 14 years old like me and playing those semi-popular songs that are so underrated, so good, so well put together, and I think that was very special and something I was glad to be a part of.
2: What did you think of the metal god, Rob Halford?
0: Awesome. I love Rob Halford. I think he was one of the best metal singers out there. Judas Priest, one of my favorite metal bands out there. I could see him anytime. Any day, any yeah. day of the year, any day of the week. I yeah, they were. I'm down to go see Judas Priest.
2: I've seen them. I I saw them the previous April. You saw them last May. I saw them in April in Milwaukee, and I had tickets. I was going to take you, and I felt ill. Ended up in the hospital, and my friend Uncle Pat stepped up, took you out for some pizza, took you out to the show, and you guys had a good time.
0: Yeah, I mean. Playing those semi-popular songs, I think, really made the concert.
2: Yeah, really that's a unique special. thing, you know. And Priestess does a good job of that. They recognize that their fans want to hear some of the hits. I think they did "Living After Midnight." I yeah. think they did "Green Manalishi," but they did like "Out in the Cold." Yeah. They did Dissident Aggressor." Out. They did, yeah. you know, all these songs that were that don't get played a lot, or they don't play them a lot live. And and it's nice to see that a band does that. Priest does recognize that. You've seen some other really good artists, too. I mean, you saw Ace Freely, Yeah. Um, which you thought was pretty cool because he kept throwing mm-hmm. picks out to the crowd.
0: By far one of the funniest musicians of all time. Ace, I mean, after every song, you'd crack a joke or say something that'd make the crowd laugh. And I thought that's something rock needs now. They need, yeah. they need something where they're more casual. It's not like there's a lot of pressure on them. Ace Freely really does a great job of relie- relieving the stress and pre- pressure off shoulders and putting on a good show.
2: Yeah, I think he does, man. He, I mean, I've seen him, seen him with Kiss. I saw him solo. I don't know. I, I mentioned the '87 concert, and then I saw them at. I saw him with Kiss during the reunion show, and then I saw them this last time. I'm trying to remember if I've seen him before that. Or another time. I can't remember. And then of course we saw And another thing with the Ace Freely concert was when
0: he played cold gin. He was like, All right, guys, if you have a cold drink right now, I want you to drink it up good because I can't <laughs> and, I, and I was like, This guy's awesome.
2: Yeah, he's a more of this. he's a recovering alcoholic. I don't think he's had a drink in ten plus years. Yeah. But um, he definitely deserves one. Well, he's had enough. And then we you know, we've seen other shows. Um obviously we've seen the Winery Dogs. We've mm-hmm. seen Foreigner White Snake, which you said one of the most insulting things to me walking out of that show. Mm-hmm. You went, Yeah, not bad for old guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, great. Thanks, man. Well I the, feel- the other
0: thing with the bad company concert too. That was, was great. Everyone was drunk. A lot Left of people. Left and were, right, yeah. front, center. Everyone was drunk. Everyone was just falling on top of each other, spilling beer. I mean, it was it was kinda irritating, but nevertheless I got What'd to do what you enjoy think of Paul God Rogers? Great voice. I mean, he's probably up there. He's 70. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's he can still hit those notes. Yeah, he's still he, he,
2: his voice is, is in pristine shape. Are we forgetting any shows? What else are we?
0: I, well, another, well, you weren't there. I saw Ringo Starr. Okay. Hated that.
2: Why? I didn't even get to see
0: Ringo Starr at all. Where was he? It was at this venue, not a venue. It was this park. Okay. Oh, yes, yeah. Ravinia. Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah. And I went with uh my grandfather on my mother's side, and he's a very big 60s and 70s rock guy. So we had we he had his headband on. And he had his he had his B, Jimi Hendrix shirt on, and I had my Beatles shirt on. We were ready to go see Ringo Starr. We were ready. And then we didn't even get to see him because it, it was just this big picnic thing.
2: Yeah, for those that are not familiar, there's a place called Ravinia that's just outside of Chicago in the North Shore area. And the North Shore area is very well-to-do, and they have this venue, and they have seating, but they also have this large picnic area that people go and they pay like half the amount of tickets and they bring their wine and cheese and their sandwiches and they blankets and little tables and little you know can candles or fire or whatever and they just listen to the music as they're talking drinking wine and eating cheese it's a very different experience i don't, I don't know how people do that it's it's not something that i enjoy if i'm going to pay money and go yeah. to a show i want to see who i intend to see i mean
0: if you're going to if you're going to uh, listen to music like that Might as well just stay home
2: Right Sit on the yeah. patio and, and just Eat some cheese, cheese And, and th- turn on the radio Yeah right I agree I mean, There's no
0: difference There's really I no agree. difference
2: So Is there anyone Where we're forgetting
0: I think that's it
2: We said Tyler Bryant You've been to what 14 shows 15 15 When you go to a show As you've gotten older now What What Do you feel? I mean, is it like an adrenaline rush when bands come out? Is it it anticipation? You know, compare it to like seeing a movie. Like, what is it like?
0: Well, with a movie, you sit down, get some popcorn, you're ready to go. But with a concert, it's just really about the good time. I'd say it's more about the good time than the music. And bands that bands that really show that they're having a good time really controlling the crowd is better than bands that play exactly like the album for an experience. I think that the the bands that really just get the crowd going, get them fired up, get the get the vibes going is just really just really sets up set, sets them over the bar if that makes sense. The no. music, it does. the music part is still it's it's so good. Well, but, you
2: don't want the band to completely play like crap. Well, yeah.
0: yeah. that that too, but I mean, you know,
2: I like I like it when both the experience of the music is good and the energy is right. good. Right.
0: That's like what you, the Ranketeers
2: Ranketeers I felt did that. I felt like Iron Maiden does that. I feel Priest does that. I, feel, I mean, the majority of bands do that. I mean, there's not many bands on the list that we've seen that i had lost interest in as i was watching them you know i mean i think most bands keep the crowd into it different ways different you know uh, different atmospheres obviously you know from when you're seeing like you're seeing a band like foreigner to a band like maiden to a band like the winery dogs to ace freely to you know everything's always different and i think what's really cool about live music is every band offers a different experience I don't think any of the 15 shows you've been to were the same. No. They're all different. And I think that's what's so unique about concerts is you never know what you're going to see. Like when we saw Blackberry Smoke, we saw them. I saw them with you. But two days later, I went with Chris Ricardo, who's been on the show here a couple of times. He's my partner when we do the Tales of the Douche episodes Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick gets on stage with them, So you never know what show you're going to see. Every every experience is unique, and that's what's really awesome. I mean, Rival Sons comes out with this intro, with this dog growling and everything, which I thought was really cool. So Did, did they open up with uh, – what did they open up with? Oh, God. Keep I, on Swinging? Um, Sugar on the Bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I just think that that's the beauty of live music is everything is different. Now, who do you want to see coming up?
0: the number 1 band the two guys i want to see the most is the black keys i'm so disappointed in myself for not seeing them before i'm just every day that goes by i get more and more anxious to see one of my favorite bands live and with the black keys they've been around forever since the late 90s early 2000s and that's that's another band i don't know if you touched on this in you know other discussions but Every album they put out is totally different from the one previous. I mean, I remember their first al- album, the big come up, wasn't that wasn't that you know wasn't that musically inclined as they are now, but you know it was still setting the bar for what they're what they're about to do. And I just think that every single album is phenomenal.
2: I agree. I've always I, liked yeah. the Black Keys. I've always liked the the Black Keys. They had a really good tour lineup. For this year, uh, it was them I obviously headlining. Gary Clark Jr. was the opener. And then before Gary Clark was the Marcus King band. So I was really looking forward to seeing that show. I was really interested in the scene. Gary Clark is one of my favorites as well. He's a phenomenal guitar player. And Marcus King has got some great music too. So that's another great bill that just is not going to happen. It's really... Disappointing that live music has been taken from us basically, and well, everything's pretty much been yeah. Taken from and, I, and, and I just don't know if and how it's going to come back. I know next week, or I know in a few days, I'm going to have a promoter on, and we're going to talk about the impact of the now and the impact of the future. So, lots to talk about there, but live music. I'm glad that you have connected with it And have a passion for it Like I did when I was your age And continue to have at the age of 45 So I think that's something that will always be in you And, you know, I know you are learning to appreciate other genres But rock and roll offers the best live experience Out of any genre that there is Just because it's so explosive And it's so unpredictable
0: Well... For me, I, I really, on my bucket list, I really want to see different genre in, in live. I really want to see a country band live more particularly. Well, in particular, the Zach Brown band, I really want to see them live. I want to see a few hip-hop artists. I want to see how their concerts are. And I just really want to compare and just really embrace it all. And like I said before, I'm not really encased. I'm not really... Hiding behind something when it comes to music, I'm really open to anything. Well, besides uh, Christian, Christian con- contemporary. Yeah. Well, I'm just really open to everything. I'm not behind a rock. I'm not behind a boulder. I can really go for anything: country, hip hop, jazz, blues, rock, metal. I know. Be the sponge.
2: You really be the sponge. I mean, I had that conversation with you last year about your guitar playing. And I said to you, you know, the more different types of guitar players you listen to, the better guitar player you're going to be because it's going to be part of your influence. And the more you put in to you and in, in, in your development, the more and the different styles are going to come out. So when you listen to Jimmy Page, you listen to Jimi Hendrix, you got to peel back the orange and say... Well, what do they listen to? What, is, what inspired them? You know, and then that the stuff like John Lee Hooker and, you know, Elmore James and all the great blues players that came before, they were all inspired by that. So it's glad to see that you're listening to that stuff and have an appreciation for it because that's just going to make you a better musician. Well,
0: and if there's any bands that you guys think that I'd enjoy – Please let me know. I'm really hungry during, especially during this quarantine. I'm really hungry to find new artists out there. Go oh, check out Gary been, Clark. It's been boring for all of us. I don't think anyone can admit that it's been. This has been fun, and I'm just really looking for new music to listen to. So, please let my father know, or do what you got to do. But I really <laughs> just want comment, to yeah.
2: To yeah. Go listen to Gary Clark. That's a, that's a good great guitar player. I think you'll enjoy him. Well, anyway, Chris, it's been a blast. Glad to have you back on. Glad that you did the show. My pleasure. I have enjoyed going to all these concerts with you. Hopefully someday we can restart, hit the reset button, and go to some more. Mm-hmm. I hope those days are upon us sooner rather than later. But like I said, you know, I'm glad you have the connection with live music, and I hope you continue with that.
0: Thank you for having me on. I do look forward to being on this podcast again. And uh, wait, wait, can I say the outro? I want to say the outro. I want to say the outro. Come on. Well, Come on. Wait. how do you say the outro again? You don't even know how to say it? Yeah. This has been Jay Scott from the. Oh, well that,
2: you, say, you say. Well, how do th- you thanks again for doing it. I'll let you take over here in the end. Once again, everybody, this is Jay Scott. Okay, wait. What do you What do you say when this is Jay Scott? This is the Hook Rocks. Thanks all for listening, and we'll talk again soon.
0: Uh, this is Jay Scott. Will from you say? Will you say okay. okay,
2: you say Chris Scott.
0: This is Chris from the Hook Rocks, and have a good day. Listen to some rock and roll. Do what you got to do.
2: Peace, and we'll talk again soon. <laughs>